What's going on, guys? It's me, Stephen Bagel, a.k.a. the NBA Eagle, your mom's favorite podcast. With me today, we have a 2021 NBA champion fan and a buddy of mine who is in multiple fantasy leagues with me, fantasy mm-hmm. baseball extraordinaire. We have Crosby Haas. Crosby, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. At first, I was like back. Obviously, the NBA Finals has been a little bit ago at this point. But originally, I was like, you know what? Giannis is my boy. He's been my favorite player since he joined the league. But there was still a part of me that wanted Chris Paul to win it all. Because, you know, Chris Chris Paul, that might have been his only shot, really. I think Mm -hmm. he should have got one if he hadn't. Um, hurt his ankle in 2017 against Golden State. But I feel like this was his last shot. So as bittersweet as it was to see my favorite player win a ring, I feel sorry for the guy. Yeah, I get that. I'm a big Chris Paul, Chris Paul fan myself. So, yeah, I mean, if if the Bucks had to lose, you know, I, I uh, wouldn't have been that upset about it. Yeah, and we're going to get into this, but – Giannis, I think at some point will definitely be back and have another opportunity, which is why I was like, okay, if he loses this one, I get it. Chris Paul gets his, but anyway. So I drew up some interview questions. I'm trying to start a new series on the NBA goal where I do team previews with a fan of that team. So I'm starting with the box because they're the world champs, because you're a close friend. And, yeah, I'm just excited for a good episode. It's Lillard. He got the shot off. Lillard is And the Blazers win the series. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Bang! It's over. The Bulls. Curry. Way down to Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry. James catches. Puts up the three. Won't go. Okay, is this your first time on the podcast? It sure is. Okay, I've been popping a lot of podcast cherries. All so. right. Okay, <laughs> so I know you're not huge on the NBA draft, but, and again, I'm not sure how big of a Bucks fan you were back in 2013, but I know you're a lifelong Milwaukee sports fan, including, you know, the Packers, the Brewers, and the Bucks. Yep. But... Did you know anything about Giannis before they drafted him? Or was it just like, oh my God, look at this guy's last name. Like, he's just a guy we took overseas from Greece that you knew nothing about. I mean, yeah, pretty much pretty much the, the, the latter there. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like a lot, of, um, a lot of casual fans wouldn't know him. It's not like he was in March Madness playing in the Final Four. He was playing in the Greek B League. Like, no one even who followed the EuroLeague even knew of him. Mm-hmm. So, okay, when did you realize Giannis was going to be as good as he is? Like, when was, like, that holy shit moment for you? Hmm, that is a good question. I guess probably what year would that have been? Uh, 
2017 mm-hmm. when Parker went down with the ACL, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think Giannis just kind of took over the team at that point and, you know, spread his wings. I, For me, I want to say, because, again, Giannis, is, ever since he was drafted, I said, this dude's going to be awesome just because I saw all the intangibles that he had. Mm-hmm. And even I didn't think he was going to be this good. I mean, like, this dude is top on his way to becoming a top 20 all-time Obvious first ballot. He probably already is a first ballot Hall of Famer if he were to retire today. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely didn't. I, I don't think anyone was expecting this, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's just he he had to hit every single ceiling in every single category and aspect of his game. And aside from the shooting, he basically did. Like, he gained 50-plus pounds. He grew four inches. Yeah, he. It was just the transformation, the body transformation, and the game transformation is just unbelievable. So, like, mm-hmm. as a Bucks fan, like, what is that like seeing this no-name first-round pick might be good, might be out of the league in two years, transform into the modern-day Shaquille O'Neal? Like that, just as a fan, has yeah. been freaking awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I guess you know, I've never really seen anything like it. I mean, we they they kind of you know the uh, Hammond was still here when he took uh, Thon Maker, and I think he was you know the same idea it was like you know oh we got this you know this young foreign guy that we don't know much about and obviously um you know Maker's think, career didn't uh, didn't take off here. He's another one who I thought was going to be awesome. His ability to pass and shoot as a big man it was. I know he didn't stick. He actually just signed on um, a contract overseas. Okay. So hopefully he works on his game, comes back and. Yeah, that's why I declared the Bucks my second favorite team behind the Sixers when they had Giannis, Thonmaker. Um, who else did they have that I liked? Um, every single year, I just remember they always took guys that I like. And Giannis and Thonmaker at the time were like two of my favorite players. Yeah, they were good friends too, if I remember. I mean, I think uh, Thon just he wanted more playing time, and he, I think I believe he requested a trade. He requested a trade. Yeah, he, he requested a trade. Went to Detroit, and then again, nothing ever materialized. Yeah, but the Bucks. It reminds me of like um like the Tampa Bay Rays of baseball in a sense, in the aspect that we just talked about Giannis becoming, you know, this transformation that you've never seen before, and. He just progressed so much every single year into, again, as I said, like the modern-day Shaquille O'Neal. Not only did they do that with Giannis, they did it with Chris Middleton as well. Yeah. Yeah, they both both have that just, you know, kind of like a Middleton was a second-round pick, right? Middleton, yeah, he was 35th overall, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone loves that, that, um, you know, coming from nothing, get to the top story. Well, that, Chris, uh, I think both of them kind of. Sorry. No, I was just to say Chris Middleton wasn't really highly touted when he was drafted. I mean, the Pistons drafted him. Then after his rookie year, traded him in the Brandon Jennings trade. I guess Buck saw something, were able to develop him. And Philadelphia sports has a tendency to not be able to develop their players. Oh, and yes. <laughs> I'm envious because. Again, I don't want to, you know, really get on a baseball tangent with the Phillies or a football tangent with the Eagles, but no Philly sports teams 
can develop their players. Look what happened to Marco Fultz. Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. that was ultimately his downfall. Um, the Phillies never, aside from these Hoskins, they signed all their guys. They signed Harper. They signed Romuto. They signed McCutcheon because they can't, they're just not player development guys. Mm-hmm. So I just think what like the Bucks are doing right now, and again, to your Brewers, similarly, mm-hmm. it's just unbelievable the strength and conditioning program they have to get Giannis as big as he is. Obviously, they can't control his heights, but it's just like, and Embiid similar, had a similar glow up to Giannis. Well, both of them were so skinny, and now they're probably the two biggest and strongest guys in the league. But yeah. it's just, it's admirable. The Bucks deserve it because of that player development that they were able to accomplish with those two guys. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, they're not a, it's not a free agent destination. That's, that's, that's the way they got to do it if they want to win, pretty much. Which brings me to my next question. Before Giannis signed the Supermax, how nervous were you that he was going to leave? Oh, I was, I don't know. I, uh, I, was, I was pretty sure that he would sign, but I don't know. I guess I wouldn't have been surprised if he didn't. It was just, there was so much speculation of him tied to the Heat. Yeah. Of him tied to the Raptors because the relationship with Masai Ujiri. Um, there was just, for a lot of people that were listening back from the beginning of the podcast, my fiance Alexa was convinced Giannis was going to come to Philly with Embiid and it was going to be signed and show with Ben Simmons to go to Milwaukee. So like at the time, Ben Simmons was like a Giannis light in the aspect of, you just put four shooters around him. He's a big point forward. We're able to set up for other people. That was a point in discussion that Philly thought they could have been in the race. So just goes to show, like, people just said, oh, it's such a small market, and Giannis is such a star. There's just no conceivable way he's going to stay. Yeah. So I, I think part of it is just, like, I mean, he kind of grew up here. And he also, like, you know, obviously, like, playing overseas, you know, like, a lot of these guys – you know, they're like, they're playing AAU in college or whatever together. So they, you know, they have all these connections when they get to the NBA, like, oh, you know, like, whatever, like Russell and Carl uh, Anthony Towns, you know, I don't know if that's the best example, but, um, and then just, so, you know, having Giannis grow up here, my, my, my homerism was thinking, you know, like, oh, this is his home. Like, you know, he'll stay. But then I was also in the back of my mind thinking, like, but, you know, now he's, like, traveling around the country getting to see, like, all these, you know, L.A., Miami, all these other cities and wondering if his mind is starting to wander, you know? Yeah, but I think a humanized factor of it is that he just had a son here. Yeah. Like, his son is from Milwaukee now. He was born there. Mm -hmm. Like, Giannis met his girlfriend, I'm assuming, in Milwaukee, or if not now – they live together in Milwaukee. Like, yeah, they, yeah, they do. So, it's it's just so rare. Like, we know Kareem requested a trade from Milwaukee. Yeah, you've seen Anth- you've seen Anthony Davis request a trade from the Pelicans. It's just like it's so hard for these small markets to stay relevant. Yeah, like, I mean, and the, like the last, I don't know, like before Giannis. I mean, I would say like it was like I don't know, like Ray Allen probably, but he. Had that falling out with George Carl or whatever, and yeah, they, they shipped him out for half a year, Gary Payton. It was, it's, uh, yeah, it's been a long time since they had a star here, that's for sure, since we've had a star here. And again, it's admirable for a small market to be able to do what they do. Yeah. So, okay, I asked you earlier, when did you realize Giannis was like going to be this good? Mm-hmm. What about Chris Middleton? Because like, 
same thing. You you guys traded for him. I'm sure you didn't know much about him. And then all of a sudden, oh, this second-year guy isn't too bad. And then he became a starter. And then he had that injury that he missed the majority of the year. And then I know it's like, okay, this dude is now all of a sudden, what, a three-time All-Star now? Two or three, yeah. Um, yeah, he was kind of the lightning rod for a while because he was just um... – or for the fan base, I mean, because I don't know, he would, he would just, you know, he'd have these great stretches, and then he'd just go ice cold. And I think it was that Boston series in, um, was that seventeen when they fired Kid and lost in the first round of Boston? I think. Was it seventeen or was it eighteen? I can't. Oh, yeah, it was eighteen. Yes, because nineteen is when they lost yeah. in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. But that, sorry, that 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 series, I just remember Middleton. That I feel like that was kind of his coming out party for me, at least. Like he he really just uh, really had a good had a good series against Boston. Did you ever buy into the whole Chris Middleton can't be the second best player on a championship team crap? Um, I guess maybe a little, but then I I started just um, I guess. Um, I'm not big into these these metrics as I'm sure you are, but I guess they, I, when I when I learned how good of a defensive player he was, and like, you know, when they gave him that supermax, I was like, all right, well, you know, I guess I guess this guy is is the real deal. Yeah, and I just I don't know if they would have got it done without Drew Holiday. Again, this is stuff we're going to get into. Yeah, but is he the second best on championship team? Because now he might be the third. Like Drew Holiday, I know he had his moments of frustration that gave probably gave you Eric Bledsoe flashbacks. Sure did, yep. <laughs> but Drew Holiday is – he locks down Devin Booker. Like, he's he's the glue of that team, of that defense, of – he's – him and Middleton both are just such underrated players that who's to say one's better than the other? Yeah, but, I mean, I guess – Um. I was definitely a holiday fan, but you know, I didn't watch him obviously as much being down in New Orleans there. But um I guess I guess I would I would personally have Middleton over him, but I guess maybe that's just um loving the shooting, I guess. It's I don't know. It's it's tough. I think both of them are literally equally as good. Like if I had to give them both like a one out of ten, ten being like Giannis, I both mm. give them like a 7.6, 7.7. They'd be in that same range. All right, yeah. But, okay, tell me this. What's the fascination with Bobby Portis in Milwaukee? I don't know if I can answer is, that. Is it because <laughs> he, he, the, Sixers, the Sixers have a similar guy in, well, not anymore, Mike Scott has been beloved ever since we got him in the Tobias trade. Um, yeah. He was like our guy. Like he was doing autograph sessions in the city. He was showing up. People would DM him, yo, come to my cousin's wedding here. He'd show up to the weddings multiple times. So he, he was just so beloved by the city. And I don't know if it's because Bobby Portis plays that same type of like tough guy team enforcer role that I Mike think, Scott played. Yeah, I, I think that that that's what it is. I mean all right, yeah, I mean, that would be my opinion on it. Because the Bucs usually don't have a guy like that. No, no. He doesn't fit the kind of system. So I think this guy who's going to, you know, he punched Nikola Mirotic in the face yeah, when they were yep. teammates in practice. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> so, 
Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that guy's, but he's, like, I mean, he threw out the first pitch at the Brewers game I was at a couple weeks ago. Bobby Portis is uh, it's all over the place around here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as you know, I had that Bobby Portis signed basketball up on eBay for years, and nobody was interested. Bucks won it all. I saw how beloved he was. I tripled the price, and then I sold it. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Okay. So when they first traded for Drew Holiday, how did you feel? I mean, you gave up more for Drew Holiday than what the Nets gave up for James Harden or potentially what the Pelicans gave – or the Lakers gave up for Anthony Davis or what the Clippers gave up for Paul George. Like, it was a trade for a non-superstar that you will never see. It was, at the time, such a move of desperation – of fear of Giannis wanting to leave and fear of, okay, we need to win. We will mortgage everything we have in order to make sure we win because we are that desperate. Because if we choke in the playoffs again, there's a chance Giannis leaves. Yeah, it definitely it definitely felt, you know, because, yeah, coming off of uh, getting their asses kicked by Miami. It, it, and, yeah, I mean, like, if Gaelic Ballas picks us before he signed, and it's like, man, if, if he doesn't sign, we are we are just – completely screwed <laughs> like like we and, will have nothing and Giannis would have put you know the Bucks in a position that if he said no to that supermax the Bucks would have to say hey we might need to look at trading this guy yeah. if, we let him, if we let him walk for nothing we're mm-hmm. like we can't like we need to yeah. get something out of him so mm-hmm. it would have put it would have put them in a really hard situation yeah yeah definitely but and I mean, not I, Back to our back to our opening conversation, though. I I was hoping that they could figure out a way to get Chris Paul before the holiday trade. So that that was actually <laughs> the next thing I had on my notes to bring up. Yeah. So I know I called it a move of desperation. It worked one hundred percent. Like they yeah. got they got what they accomplished. Like I said when that trade happened, I originally thought in my mock off season I had them trading for Chris Paul. Yeah. And he would have cost significantly less because of the age because of the contract because OKC was more desperate to trade him than the Pelicans were. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I thought was happening. It was Chris Paul's Chris Paul, Chris Paul, him and Jan's going to be awesome next to each other. And then all of a sudden this true holiday trade was made. And I was like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. This. Mm-hmm. And I said at the time, I sure I could pull up old tweets about it. I tweeted this is going to end up being the worst trade in NBA <laughs> history. Because I said, Drew Holiday is good, but I don't think he takes him to the hump of a championship. Giannis is going to leave. They mortgage a whole future by giving four first, three swaps. Mm-hmm. They, they, they don't have really any good picks if they're, you know, if that floor is gone and Giannis walks. Yeah, yeah. So I was convinced. I said, this is going to be either the worst trade in NBA history or somehow miraculously it goes down as one of the best. Yeah. And, like, I, I mean, you know, the whole, the whole thing with before they got – before this year with, with the eyes, you know, and the free throws and, like, him just not being able to close out games or, you know, really just be that effective in the playoffs or as effective as he was in the regular season on offense at least – that's why, you know, I, I just, like, I was like, man, Chris Paul would be perfect. Like, this dude can run the offense in the half court and close out these games and everything. Like, you know, that, that, was, that was definitely what I had my, my sights set on. Yeah, that's what that's, – I was convinced that was going to happen too. Yeah. 
So, anyway, Drew Holiday, trade ended up being a home run. They got Giannis to stay, and they got a ring. Like, they're good now. Like, mm-hmm. my expectation was always Giannis signing the Supermax and saying, like, to his agent or his agent saying to him, give it another year or two. If you guys still can't get it done, you can't get more money elsewhere. You could only get the Supermax from your own team. Mm-hmm. So... You knew Giannis was going to take that money because, you know, he grew up in complete poverty. Yeah. Selling yeah. shoes. Like, he wasn't saying no to that extra $90 million. There was, he, there was always stories about him when he first came over here in, like, the local papers. Um, like, he would apparently, you know, like, the, the team would set out, you know, lunch for the players. And at the end of the day, Giannis would take all that food home for his, like, you know, his brother and his mom and the people, his family that was living with him. And I guess um, uh, Beasley... Beasley, Mike Beasley, he was there, right? Yeah, he th- he threw out a pair of shoes once, and I guess Giannis uh, dug him out of the trash, and he was like, "What are you doing? These are good shoes, man. Like, <laughs> I can wear these and use these." So yeah, to, to, like to see him come from, you know, like you said, like you know, growing up in a poor area, you, you felt like they had that they had that that edge on him, I guess, being able to offer more money. Yeah, and that's you know why the NBA implemented something like the supermax yeah. and only to prevent guys from leaving the small markets. Now, it didn't persuade Kawhi to stay. It didn't persuade AD to stay. These guys, if they'll sacrifice $90 because they know if they go to a big market, they'll make, it up, make up for it in endorsements. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's good. It's refreshing to see Giannis. You know, that's why the Supermax was implemented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my expectation is always, okay, Giannis will sign it, get the money, lock in the contract, and then if he wants, he'll request a trade. Mm-hmm. If the Bucs can't get it done. And it was to the point where you saw Giannis choking every single year yeah. or the Bucs choking every single year. There was a point where I said, how can we call this guy the best player in the league when every year you see him choke? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, he just, he put all those doubts to rest this year when he put up, even before he put up, or when he put up 50 points in that clinching game to win it all, that, mm-hmm. that was one of the most... Iconic performances. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about that block he had in what was that game two? Yeah, <laughs> you are going to be talking about those for years. Yeah, um, yeah. I I guess I personally just like even from just like the beginning of the Brooklyn series to like the end of that Phoenix series. Like I don't know. I just thought like you could just almost even see growth there to me. Yeah, and it's like he. It, teams, I thought, had figured him out on how to stop him in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. he, he figured it out. He hit the free yeah. throws, but he, you know, he figured out, okay, how they, how can I be unsolvable? How can I be a Rubik's Cube Ugh, in that sense? Yeah, well, I think, and it's, I don't know, like, I forget, one of, one of the Van Gundys was saying this on a pod, uh, I think the low post I was listening to, and he just said, like, you know, Giannis, Giannis can try shooting all these threes, but like you know, they're they're gonna give it to him. Like you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna let him shoot threes if he's shooting thirty percent. Like even if he's shooting like thirty five, because he's just so lethal when he gets to the basket like that. And I think that's what you kind of saw as he stopped shooting those threes and he started really like working on that little turnaround that he was doing in the post and just stuff like that. You know. Yeah, and that turnaround was really successful for him. Yeah. So, 
Okay, so I know you had a playoff game. Which game was that? Uh, that was when Kyrie went down. So game. Okay, so it was four. the Eastern, Eastern Conference Finals. I was going to say game Semi- three. Semifinals. Semifinals. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. The Hawks did go to the Eastern Conference yep. Finals. <laughs> I still have nightmares about that game seven. Uh, yeah. I would have been okay with Ben Simmons giving up that dunk. You know, if he passes to like Embiid under the basket, where well, you know it's going to be two points anyway. Mm-hmm. But he dumped it off to Thibel, who was the only player on the team more deficient offensively than you. Yeah. Are. <laughs> yeah. And at least Thibel went up with it. Like Ben didn't yeah. even do that. Yeah. 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 But anyway, so the Bucks outside of the stadium, it was nuts every single mm-hmm. game. It, it reminded me of um, Jurassic Park outside of the Raptor Stadium when they won. Yeah. That. Yeah. So what was it like in the stadium? Um, I mean, that was my first time being there for a game. I'd seen a concert there before. But, I mean, they just built that within the last five years, even maybe less than that. So, I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful stadium, and the energy was great. I mean, like, it, it, the Bucks haven't been this good in, you know, since, I don't know, yeah. 2001 or whenever that, whenever the last time they made the Eastern Conference Finals was. Yeah, they lost to the Sixers. They lost to that Iverson team. Yep, yep. I remember that. Um, No, it was, yeah, it was just just a lot of fun being there. Um, And yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even see Kyrie go down with my buddy who I was there with. Just, he was the one who pointed it out to me. And then, yeah, you know, sucks to see it, but. That net series, I mean, if Kevin Durant's foot, I know, yeah, yeah. was it, it wasn't on the line, then yeah, Giannis is, doesn't have a ring right now. So, I went from like after that Miami series, I was so you know hyped because you know they just got their ass kicked by Miami, and I was like, man, man, they you know they turned a corner, and I was like, I don't know if they can beat Brooklyn, but you know, I think they can at least be competitive. And then after that, I think it was game two when they just got destroyed. And I was just like, okay, like Harden's out and they're still getting their asses kicked. Like this is this is not going to end well. So, I mean, I don't know how I'm feeling about a next year Brooklyn matchup, but you know, yeah, as a they, they, they 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 pulled it they pulled it off against against Kevin Durant and James Harden on one leg, I guess. Yeah, and I know Harden was basically a decoy by the time he came back in that series. Mm-hmm. But I Harden as a decoy is powerful because yeah. he's still going to draw all that attention on the defense that it just opens up the floor so much more for the other four guys. They would they would always uh, I don't know I don't know I want I don't want to say the Bucks had Harden figured out but they would I don't know if you remember this um, they would just you know like give him the left all the time. And I, yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember them doing that in this. In the in this when when he was in Houston, they would do that to him. Like they'd be just like, "Fine, dribble left. Like we don't care. We'll play you to go left." And um, I don't remember them doing that in the in the Brooklyn series, did they? Harden wasn't driving to the hole too much. Yeah, yeah. Because of his true. injury, he was. You know, he was shooting ten threes a game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. honestly, it's something that I haven't noticed, or something I haven't heard anybody else point out. Okay. Yeah. But. I mean, Budenholzer was coaching for his job. Yeah, for sure. And, and, I, and did you see? I, I was expecting. Uh, I thought that uh, that three-year extension was kind of cold. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't know what they're going to give him, but I, you know, I guess I would have thought, you know, maybe four or five years after winning a title. But I don't know. 
I don't know, but dude, and also like there was so much speculation because every year they choked in the playoffs, and mm. you did the same thing in Atlanta when yeah. the Hawks had that sixty-one or sixty-two win season, and then got swept by the four seed Cavs with LeBron. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, everyone's speculating Budenholzer is gone once the Bucks are eliminated. Like, yeah, and it was when the Bucks were eliminated because they were playing the Nets, and everyone was expecting them to win that series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like, and everyone even said, "Oh, if they make it to the finals and then lose, Budenholzer's still gone. Like he needs to go all the way." Yeah, I, yeah, everyone here wanted his head. Essentially, that was definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, uh, he, he, but I mean, I don't know. He, uh, yeah, he, he brought, brought a title to Milwaukee, so. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I how do you feel when you were down to nothing in the Suns? Were you like, okay, they're going to win? Or were you like, nah, we're still in this. We still have two at home because the first two were in Phoenix. So there was a saying in the NBA that the series doesn't start until a team wins on the road. Yeah, I definitely felt worse after going down 0-2 to Brooklyn. But um, I guess, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I definitely, I, I, I had faith, I'll say. I had you faith had, that, that they could make it a series at least. See, that's the difference between you and I. You're an optimistic sports fan. I'm a pessimist. <laughs> well, actually, in fairness, when the Sixers lost game one to the Hawks, I said, it's the fucking Hawks, like, well, good. Like, there's no conceivable way that we're going to lose the series. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was, I was just so optimistic. It's one game, like, it's no big deal, whatever. Like, Embiid's playing the series. DeAndre Hunter's out. Like, we're good. Mm-hmm. And th- and that obviously, even when we went down three to two, I said we're going to win the next two. We're still winning the series. Then we won Game Six, and I said. I told you guys we're still winning the series. Mm-hmm. And then that game seven, I was speechless at mm-hmm. how pathetic after blowing back to back 25 point leads and going down three to two, everyone's like, yeah, Sixers lost it. They blew two straight 25 point leads. Mm-hmm. I was like, nah. And I still, and I'm again, not an optimist a lot of the time. I said, <laughs> I know how the NBA works. I know the Sixers, they're going to scare the hell out of us, but they're going to win. And then mm-hmm. that game seven was just so pathetic that I was like, okay, this Ben Simmons thing isn't fixable. Like, it's time to move on. And while we're still living in that saga, well, at this point, Ben Simmons doesn't want to be in Philly either. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's got to end. And everyone in the city wants Dame. Like, that's everyone's target. That's who Daryl Morey wants. That's who he's holding out for. He's waiting for Dame to to request a trade. And then, you know, once that happens, he's going to say, hey, I have Ben and Thibel and Maxi and Mm -hmm. all these picks and all these swaps. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, he has the best package and gets Dame, and then you have two top 10 players in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, as a Bucs fan, I would not like that. (laughs) Yeah, as a Bucs fan, you want to see Ben Simmons here as long as possible. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I know it's not like the NFL where, you know, we saw like Le'Veon Bell hold out. Ben Simmons can't – he could hold out a training camp, but he can't hold out a games. But if the Sixers want to bench him, they can. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think Lillard's going to do the Harden thing like five games into the year, realize, okay, yeah, this isn't going to work, and then, you know, say, okay, it's time. I'm out. Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping for. But anyway – 
What do you think? This is probably a dumb question because the Bucks wanted without DiVincenzo. But let's say you got Bogdan Bogdanovich. Do you, do you think that would have changed the trajectory? They still probably would have won because they won without DiVincenzo and Bogdanovich is clearly an upgrade to DiVincenzo. Yeah. But, you know, do they... Would it have mattered if Katie's foot was on the line? Or would they have went down to nothing to the Suns? You know, may, maybe they would have got Trosby's blood pressure lower yeah. I, with, with the Bogdan Bogdanovich move. I mean, you can't help but think that just having that guy would have. I mean, he's at least worth a worth a game, a, a win in the playoffs like that, wouldn't you say? I don't know. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's the fact that the Bucks need the Bucks are filled with secondary ball handlers with Giannis and Middleton and Drew yeah, Holiday. Yeah. None of those three are really primary guys. And off the bench, they really only had Jeff Teague, and were forced to play him because of that. Yeah, because he was oh a ball God. handler. They sure were. So. <laughs> You know George Hill's back now, so you figure he takes that role. Yeah, I, I'm a, I was actually – I'm a big George Hill fan, so I, I, was, I was a fan of that move. Yeah, he was terrible for Philly this year, so you guys yeah. can have him. <laughs> but, but, you know, Bogdan would have gave them even another secondary ball handler, another guy who could take some duties or responsibility when Giannis is on the bench. So, I mean, DiVincenzo's still a little bit of that. Bogdan is better in that role. But – I mean, as this, as the story shows, the Bucks ended up not getting Bogdanovich because Woj couldn't keep his mouth shut, <laughs> and they, they didn't have any first round picks to give, so they were docked a second round pick, and that was it. Yeah, I mean, you know, slap on the wrist, I guess. But okay, so a new game I'm implementing into the show every time I have a guest is fill in the blank. So uh, you're actually going to be the first guest I have playing this with me. Cool. All right, let's do it. Okay, the box or the blank best big three in the NBA? Uh, best big three. Hmm, that is a great question. I mean, you figure the Nets. Yeah, Nets. I mean, I still put Lakers probably. It depends. Like, it depends who yeah. you ask, but I think because they have two dominant guys on the drive. Yeah. Just yeah. it doesn't really matter that the third guy is worse than both both of the Bucks guys. It kind of just. And I guess I would. I mean, third, third best because I was. I don't know. When, that's what. That's what I would say. Like maybe like Miami, but I don't. I don't know. But nah, probably not. I guess. See, Miami still needs to prove it. I know they went to the finals yeah, last year. Yeah. Now they have Kyle Lowry, but the Bucks yeah. showed okay we could get this done. Like yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I think I agree with that number of third. Yeah. Third best big three. Okay. Blank is the best player in the NBA today. Durant. Not Giannis? I mean, I just, I just, nothing against Giannis, but I just am in awe every time I watch Kevin Durant play basketball. Giannis, I personally think Giannis is the best player, and I know he is my favorite player, but I just, yeah. yeah. I'm, the question was, Blank is the best, best player in the NBA today. Giannis is coming off a Finals MVP. Where his last game he played, he had fifty points. Yeah, I mean, so be so because of how I asked the question today, I'm saying Giannis. The last performance we've had that was just amazing and put everyone in all was that mm-hmm. Giannis elimination game. Yeah. So again, if Kevin Durant's foot wasn't on the line, then maybe we're talking about him the same yeah. way I'm talking about Giannis right now. But. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, and the thing about Giannis that's wild is that he does stuff on the court that nobody else can do, but the one thing he can't do, everyone else can do. Free throws. It's, yeah, and three, and just shooting in general. Well, yeah. But it's just such a weird dynamic that it's like, if everyone else in the league can do this, the best player in the league, you can't be the best player in the league if you're not able to when everyone else can. Mm -hmm. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, it's like, but he can do this, 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 and nobody else can. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so then that comes to the next one. Giannis is the blank, and this is a tough one, because you can't just count it up in your head. Giannis Mm -hmm. is the blank best player of all time. Hmm. Off the top of my head. That's why it's just kind of asking for a number, but... Top, Top 30? See, I actually, um, I have an ongoing list that I update for the podcast because it's the NBA's 100th anniversary. Last time it was, um, it's the 50th anniversary when it was, Jesus, I'm way off. What was it? (laughs) The 50th anniversary was in 2000 and they announced the top 50 players of all time. Okay. Now, oh, that was 96, whatever year it was. Now it's been 25 years later in 2021. People are speculating they're going to do the top 75 players of all time and announce mm. the 25 players who have joined the top 50. Okay. So I'm saving that for a future podcast. So basically I've been, you know, have my own running list of I'm moving Giannis up. He just won a finals MVP. He just had that dominant finals performance. Mm. And I had him in the range, I think, of like 36, 37-ish. So okay. your number of 30, again, everyone's going to differ with different guys. Mm-hmm. But 30 sounds about right. I mean, at age 26, obviously he still has a lot more to accomplish. Mm-hmm. But only what? I think 13 guys have won two MVPs. He has a defensive player of the year. He has the most improved. He has the finals MVP. Yeah. Like, the hardware so, is starting to add up. Yeah, it's starting to add up <laughs> fast. Yeah. And mm-hmm. again, I have him in around, around the same range as Kawhi who has no MVPs but two finals MVPs and two rings. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Blank will be the 2022 NBA champions. I mean, I guess I'll just say Brooklyn. I was going to say it's really hard, unless you believe in what the Lakers are doing, which Mm -hmm. I personally don't. Yeah, I don't know how Westbrook's going to – Gel there. Yeah, LeBron LeBron thrives best with players who can dribble and players who can shoot around him. Yeah. So, on draft day, when Woj tweeted out the Lakers are trading Kuzma and Montres Harrell to the Kings for Buddy Heald, I was like, oh, Buddy Heald is going to be awesome there. Because you just need him to stand there while LeBron gets in the ball, and then he shoots a three. Like, it's the most simplified role in the NBA. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's going to be an awesome fit. And then all of a sudden, Shames tweets, oh, it's not Buddy Hield, it's Westbrook. And I was like, those two guys are complete opposites. Like, yep, Westbrook can shoot, and he's ball dominant the same way LeBron is. And there's only one ball to go around. Well, and that's the, I don't know, you, you, you assume LeBron is in on every decision that gets made there, right? I mean, every player transaction? Just about. I Yeah, so, like, you have to think that he... Wanted Westbrook or I don't I don't know I, I mean don't know you, you know him and Westbrook have talked at okay, some yeah. point about yeah. being teammates 
So it's like, yo, how if we were teammates, how would we be able to make this work? I mean, Westbrook's from LA. It's his hometown okay. team. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the writing was always on the wall for something like this to happen. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just I can't picture the dynamic working, like you well, said. Yeah. Well, and he, he the uh, I mean, you know, he's he's had opportunities to bring in. Um, Carmelo, I'd say, you know, but finally this year was there. He's like, all right, all right, fine. <laughs> you you could be on the team too. I don't know. Maybe maybe it just seems a little bit desperate to me. But and know. the Lakers today just traded their best center. Oh, in Marcus Gasol. Gasol. Yeah. I mean, what are they doing? Playing thirty-five-year-old Dwight Howard and thirty-three-year-old DeAndre Jordan those forty-eight minutes because AD is a bitch and refuses to play center for whatever freaking reason when that's clearly yeah. his best position. Yeah. So you you're relying on those. I know Marcus All isn't you know a spring chicken either, but he's probably retired now and just going to live or play in Spain because that's where his family is and that's where he wants to be and that's yeah. great for him. He's had a Hall of Fame career. But mm-hmm. he was the best center on your damn team. Mm-hmm. So I don't know this. When I had Glenn on a few weeks ago, he he had the perfect quote, and it was the only thing stopping the Lakers is osteoporosis, <laughs> because they are so, like they have. I read it was seven out of the twelve oldest guys in the NBA. Yeah, they have Rondo, Ariza, Dwight, Carmelo, LeBron. Um, Westbrook, Wayne Ellington, like they're just all so freaking. And you know, now they have DeAndre Jordan, they just signed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know Marcus All is now gone. So that lowers the number of, he's probably the second oldest guy on the team. But I don't know. I back to the original question. I can't picture it being anyone other than the Nets. I mean, the Nets did something smart by saying, oh, yeah, DeAndre Jordan, you're terrible now. Not only are we going to not have to, play you anymore but you're gonna go to our biggest competition for a ring and eat shit there mm-hmm. yeah they, so uh, they i mean tro- Nick- little trojan horse thing they they, they got going on there well marcus all <laughs> yeah the marcus aldridge at this point like he's just a guy I don't oh yeah know. After he came back. yeah he's back there now um blake griffin's back and blake griffin was awesome in the playoffs with them last year he's been the most switchable defender and you know you wonder if Again, going off topic, you wonder if Kevin Love would get bought out if that would have the Blake Griffin effect. Like, Blake Griffin, there was that stat, oh, he hasn't dunked once this year playing for the Pistons. And then all of a sudden, he goes to the Nets, he's doing tomahawks over Kiz. Yeah, I mean, he didn't, he didn't want to be there. Yeah. So, you wonder, okay, if Kevin Love um, comes and gets bought out and goes to a Nets or a Lakers, is that going to rejuvenize him? And he's going to look like a five years younger version of himself like Blake did. Mm-hmm. So, with, yeah, that, I, with that said, I think Blake with KD, Kyrie, and Harden can be really scary. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume you know they're top of the top of the buyout market destination. Them and the Lakers. Yeah, I don't know. As a Sixers fan, until I need to think Ben Simmons because I think everything changes if they get like a little little like a deal. Mm-hmm. But. I'm nervous. I think the East got a hell of a lot better this offseason. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, my final film the blank. Ben Simmons will be traded to blank. 
I mean, I doubt they trade him in conference, so I guess Portland. I'd have to go with that, yeah. Portland, whether it's Dame or whether it's C.J. McCollum, I mean, there's a lot of speculation that that could happen as well. Yeah, but I mean... I'm sure my answer will change before the next episode because my mind's always changing where he ends up. I think he ends up in Minnesota in a three-teamer. Minnesota has... Reports coming out of Philly is that Minnesota's been by far the team most locked in on trying to acquire him because of his relationship with Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. I, I think it would have to be a three-teamer. because yeah, it how were they giving up to get? They'd have to give up like Malik Beasley because okay. they said they want to keep D'Angelo Russell because there's a relationship with them. Yeah. So yeah. it would be like a Malik Beasley and Patrick Beverly, a Malik Beasley and Torian Prince, in addition to like four first-round picks in every swap they can offer. Right, yeah. But again, that that doesn't help the Sixers aren't trying to, you know, get a package to rebuild. And, you know, Timberwolves could throw Jaden McDaniels on a really promising rookie year in a deal to get Ben. But Yeah, they've been they've been talking him up to didn't their their GM come out and say he was one of their core players or something along those lines. Yeah, and he was yeah. really good for a twenty year old last year, especially on the defensive end for a player who was defensively challenged in college and high school. But um but yeah, like the Sixers aren't really they don't want to make a trade to rebuild and do the process two point out. Like yeah, you, um, you Embiid's what, twenty twenty seven? Embiid's twenty seven. You figure yeah. w- with his injury history and his size and his trajectory, you have two, three years left of this prime. Yeah. So they're not trying to do a trade to be better in three years. They they have Embiid's window now. Mm-hmm. They are holding out for a Dane Bullard. Yeah. So I think Ben ends up in Minnesota and like a three teamer where Sixers get Lillard and then Pullman gets an albatross of, you know, four picks from Minnesota, two picks from the Sixers, um, Jaden McDaniels, a Matisse Thibel, a Tyrese Maxey, swaps from both teams. Sixers get Lillard. Ben goes to Minnesota. All three teams are, you know, mutually beneficial. All three teams are happy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Minnesota could definitely, definitely need that defense. That's why, yeah. Him and Carl Anthony Towns, I feel like complement each other perfectly because the things the one can do, the other can't. Like Carl yeah, yeah. Anthony Towns shoots. Ben Simmons plays under the basket. They won't mm-hmm. get in each other's way. Yeah. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is trash on defense. Ben Simmons is probably the most versatile defender in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So I think those guys complement each other really well. And Minnesota, you know, A God owns them now. So Yeah, they, I didn't you say they know, have any ownership. Yeah, they're trying to push all those ships in to win now. We saw them do that with the Angelo Russell and Wiggins trade. Yes. We're yes, going to see them do it again, I think. Because similar to Milwaukee, how we talked about earlier, they're not a destination for free agents. No. Neither. Yeah. I was in Minnesota for the Sixers Timberwolves game. Jimmy Butler's first game back in Minnesota. Mm. And <laughs> that city is amazing. I love the Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So and Minnesota does a good job. I know Kevin Garnett eventually asked out. So far, Colin Anthony Towns hasn't. Um, a lot of guys, a lot of Minnesota athletes, you know, they beloved that city. Yeah, I mean the yeah, I mean. So I don't of... know what Minnesota does for small market, but they keep those guys there. So yeah. mm-hmm. I feel like Ben Simmons would be happy in Minnesota. I think Colin Anthony Towns might request out if they don't make a big move like this. Just because he's at the point, like that seven-year point when you still haven't won anything, that's when guys are going to start asking. That's typically around 
when guys start asking out. And for for me, like I mean, obviously, I don't know what's going on in his head, but like everything, you know, with his his mom passing, you just wonder if like he's thinking like just you know like a clean slate sort of change of scenery thing just would help him get his head on his shoulders and you know. Well, I don't yeah, know. and I think that's why Minnesota panicked and traded that first round pick that ended up being great to get D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, because. Because of his relationship, him, Cat, and Devin Booker are all best friends. Now, yeah. I know Ben Simmons is now someone that click as well. I know Ben Simmons and Devin Booker aren't friends anymore because of the whole um, Kendall Jenner fiasco. Mm. But <laughs> I don't know. On a side note, Carl Anthony Towns is dating Kendall's ex best friend who cheated on. Who hooked up with Tristan Thompson when she when he was with, um, who was he with? Chloe Kardashian, and again, I'm not getting into all that housewife <laughs> bullshit, but it's weird that I think there's trouble in paradise with the Colin Anthony Townsend Devin Booker friendship. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, and we know those there's trouble in the Devin Booker and Ben Simmons friendship over the Jenner because Devin Booker is apparently Mr. Serial Girl. So, okay. I, I, first time I've talked about the Kardashians and Jenners on the N- NBA Go podcast, and I'm sure it won't be the last. <laughs> but anyway, Crosby, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm no glad. Problem. I'm glad you got to see the Bucks. You know, get that championship to see. Mm-hmm. You know, Giannis. There's no question about his future with the city now. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think the Brewers are going to do it too? Because I personally do. I think the Brewers are going all the way. I mean, I, I would, I would love it. I, uh, I don't know. Worried about and the Packers team, but what if we got a Milwaukee sweep? You know, I, 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 I mean, the triple crown. I, I, I'd take it. Yeah, the triple crown, exactly. <laughs> but okay. Um, as I said, it was great having you on. Um, this is the first team preview of many. I plan on doing. I plan on doing a Bulls and a Hornets one in the next week or so, and. Yeah, the NBA goal has popped another podcast, Cherry. We've had another great guest in Crosby on. Crosby, is there anything you want to say to the listeners? Do you want to gloat at all on the Bucks championship? I mean, you're on top of the world right now. I don't know. Can I swear? No, I'm just kidding. Um, the yeah, NBA no. goal is not kid-friendly, so absolutely. <laughs> all right. Fucking suck it. Bucks are champions. And uh, shout out to, you know, Triple Crown, the whole, the whole gang of guys. You're going to have John and um, Tim on, you said, right? Yeah, I'm having them for the Bulls. And Tim, he was on on a previous episode, so mm. listeners are familiar with him, but he's going to do a Bulls preview. A lot of people are excited about the Bulls with the, the additions of DeMar DeRozan and Alonzo Ball. And the Hornets, you know, up-and-coming Lamelo, is he going to take that Luka Doncic second step in here to stardom and superstardom? And, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about both of those teams, but I had to start with the World Champs. Yeah, I'm excited to, excited to check those out. Okay, then we will talk to you guys next episode. Thanks for listening. Rate and review me on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Listen to me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast. And I will talk to you guys next episode. Thanks for listening.